Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Good morning. I kind of had a, something planned to kind of start out this morning, but um, as we were worshiping, there was something that's kind of been coming to my heart. So I'm going to start with that instead. Say Messiah with me. Messiah. And it's been, it's been hitting my heart this morning that we need to understand Messiah again. What's Messiah mean? Savior? We'll be a little bit interactive this morning. I've even got something else planned that we're going to do a little bit more interaction today. How many people think that sitting in a chair and getting talked at sometimes is not as a learning environment as sometimes interaction can be? Isn't that true? So we're going to try and do a little bit more interaction this morning. But Messiah, the word Messiah, what does the word Messiah mean? Anointed. Anointed is exactly what it means in the original languages. What else does it mean to you? Deliverer. Deliverer. King. That's an awesome part of that. Savior. Savior. Power. Did I hear power? Power. What else? If you were around some 2,000 years ago, and you were in a Jewish community that Jesus was just coming to or the disciples were living in before even Jesus showed up on the scene, what were they waiting for in their Messiah? They were looking for a deliverer. They were looking for a king, very much so. And what was that king and deliverer going to do? Bring forth a kingdom, absolutely. And that kingdom is what they were hoping for out of this Messiah. And I'm telling you, I believe that Jesus wants to bring the understanding of Messiah back to us again in this generation. And that's just a word that's apart from my message today. That's just been a word that's been on my heart even as we've been worshiping here. And I believe that some of that word's going to be starting to come out here in the near future. This is just kind of, just sometimes how God works is he'll proclaim something and then something begins to work out of something like that. One thing you said about Messiah, so this is going to work out really good. One thing you said about Messiah is a savior, right? And I want to actually bring a message today called the power to save. And we're going to be in Romans 1. So if you've got your Bibles, paper or plastic, doesn't matter, go ahead and get your Bibles out and you can move to Romans 1. We're going to be in a very common place this morning. But before we do that, have you noticed that there's been some salvation stories in the news here just recently? How many saw the story of the little baby that was wrapped in plastic that was left and they saved that baby? Did you know that that baby now has some 200 people that are wanting to adopt it now? It is healthy. They have given it a name. Her name is India. And there's 200 people that want to adopt this little baby. Isn't that a great story? That's good news, isn't that? That's good news. Did you hear about the Chick-fil-A guy that jumped through the window in Georgia because he saw the seatbelt around a kid's neck and he was starting to turn blue? And the guy just jumps through the drive-thru window and he saves the kid. That's good news. That's salvation, isn't that right? And we are wired for good news. We're wired to need salvation. We're wired to have these stories. And I'm telling you, there is a world that is waiting for some good news. We're going to talk about good news this morning. First of all, let's go to our message. And we're going to pop it up in three different versions this morning. The first one is New American Standard. And 
I'd like for you to, if you can, stand with me for just a moment. We're going to read this together. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Say gospel. Okay, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Another translation, or you might say actually a um, version, not version, it's actually... Paraphrase, thank you. Eugene Peters paraphrased the message. It's news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him, starting with the Jews and the right on to everyone else. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith, confirming what scripture has said all along. The person in right standing before God by trusting him really lives. Next one. This is the, the living. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Thank you, God, for your message. Amen? Thank you, God, for your gospel. Amen? If it were not for that message or that gospel, you could not be saved. You could not be saved. You may be seated. I'm just going to pray. Father God, I thank you so much for what you did. And it shows the incredible love and the incredible power that you have for us as people. And God, today, I just pray that you would make it so profound in us what you have done for us, that it becomes so powerful in us that, God, we can't help to proclaim this good message to the world around us. God, it's time to unleash the power of your word again on the earth. It's time to unleash the power of your message in the Lacey, Tumwater, Olympia area again. It's time, God, to release your power into the earth as we begin to let the message come out of our mouths once again. God, teach us and show us how we can be the carriers of your word, how we can be the proclaimers of your word again, and God, release your power. If you agree with that, could you just say amen, amen. 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 This morning, I want to start with a story, and I was actually kind of hoping the kids would be gone this morning, (laughs) because I'm going to tell on myself a little bit, all right? I will tell you, I got saved at about 11 years old in my life. I got saved in in a little kind of an unconventional way. I was growing up in a church that spoke nothing about being able to be born again. We went to church. I won't even name the denomination or the brand, but basically we just go to church to go to church to just do our thing. Punch your card, you know what I'm talking about. Go home and feel all good about ourselves. 
but we really did not have a real relationship with Jesus. Well, what they had, they had these good news for modern man. I can even remember it now. It had a yellow cover and it had these cool little pictures in them, kind of simplistic, minimalistic pictures of stories in the Bible. And I took that home and I read it. Well, I started reading it. And it was just the New Testament, so I started from the beginning like you would any other book, and I just started reading. And as I started reading, something began to happen in my heart. And I was, you know, just like any other kid that doesn't have God in their life, I had fears. I lived in fears. And I remember being fearful of things even in my closet. I remember fears of things. And I, I had things that were going on in my life. I had a friend whose dad had certain kinds of magazines. And it was beginning to get a hold of my life at a very young age already, as well as some of the other boys in our neighborhood. And this was starting to get a hold of who I was. And all of a sudden, as I was reading this Bible, I would literally get so hooked on it that I would get my flashlight under my covers and I would read till like one or two in the morning. But it was crazy because I'd get up the next morning and I didn't even feel like I'd lost any sleep. God was doing an amazing thing and I consumed the word during that time of my life. As I was doing this, all of a sudden something was lighting up inside my heart. And one day I was just having one of those times where you just felt lonely. You felt like you were empty. You just felt like... You were the least of the least on the planet. Anybody ever feel like that in your life? <laughs> we all have those times. And I went over to the window, and I was a little bit of a space junkie. It was during the Apollo-Soyuz missions. They were going to bring Soyuz and Apollo together. I remember that, and I was all kind of into space. Star Wars was during that time and all this stuff. And I went over to the window, and I remember looking up at the stars. And I looked up at the stars, and I said, God, I believe that you are the creator of all those stars. And I believe that you can change my life if I give my life to you. I didn't know how to even say the sinner's prayer, guys. But at that moment, the presence of God entered into that room, and I felt amazing. Not everybody feels something when they receive Jesus Christ. I understand that, but I did. And there was something that changed in me from that day. I did not have any discipleship from that moment forward. I mean, my family had just gotten, my mom and dad had just gotten saved through a Billy Graham movie. Just probably just months before that. And something was changing in our house. I mean, we used to have parties in our house. Oh, my goodness. My parents used to have a bar that was from, like, from here to the wall, and it was full, two levels full of alcohol. And I remember my mom, she started taking out the bottles and started pouring them down the drain one after another. My dad, I don't think, was quite there yet because he came home one day, and he was a little, little amazed at what had just happened. But... I remember seeing this stuff, and changes were happening in our house. We were the first family in both sides of my parents that had found this message, this good news, this amazing message that Jesus has done something that no one else could do for you. And all of a sudden, my life began to change. And as my life began to change, I began to share that faith with my friends, Hung out with Scott, Jerry, and Mark. Those were my friends while I was as a kid. And we got into all kinds of trouble, but it was usually pretty good trouble. Tipping cows, shooting BB guns at things, and all these things that we would do. And I started sharing with, with my friend Jerry about Jesus. And as I was sharing with him, he wasn't quite ready to receive like I had received that. 
But it was still seemed the right thing to do because something amazing had happened in my life. Is there anyone where something amazing has happened in your life? Come on. Is there something amazing that has happened in your life? How amazing is that? It's amazing grace. Something you couldn't do anything to fix in your life. But Jesus went all in for you. Absolutely all in for you. I am so off my notes right now. (laughs) Okay, so... This morning, I just want to talk about the power to save. And the story that I really wanted to start out with (laughs) is I eventually get out of high school and I go to the University of North Dakota. It was the school that was right in the same town of where I went to high school. And I started my first year there. And I wasn't in college to learn anything. I was in college to find out what you could do in college. And I was at what was called ATO, Alpha Tau Omega. It was a frat, and they were having a frat party to try to get in new recruits out of the new freshmen that were coming in for that year. And, of course, at a frat party, they have lots of alcohol, kegs everywhere, and everything else, and they invite the sororities over, right? So you're looking and saying, okay, something pretty around here that I want to get to know, and I get talking with this one girl, and all of a sudden, this girl says, you know what? Can we leave? Can we go somewhere else? Can we walk? I said, sure. You know, and I'm thinking in my head, yeah, I want to go walking with you and other things. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) See, I was saved. I was not discipled. (laughs) And there is a difference. (laughs) So we went for a walk, and we went out to this park that wasn't far from there, and we sat down under a tree, and we began to talk. And she began to share with me the emptiness that was in her life. And even though I had other motives and I was half inebriated, all of a sudden I could still hear the Holy Spirit say, this girl needs me, not you. And all of a sudden I began to tell her about Jesus Christ. I began to tell her this message. And as I began to tell her about this message, she says, that's what I'm looking for. And that evening during an ATO party, This girl got saved. Don't know where she is today. Don't know what happened. But I do know that God can use you in no matter what situation you're in. Because the power is in the message, not the messenger. Say that with me. The power is in the message, not the messenger. So many times we have been hamstrung because we are so worried about ourselves being the messenger and having everything perfect and right, that we never get the message out. The power is in the message. Can you put, up, put it in NLT, please, Brandon? I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The power is in the message. It just needs to get released, people. It just needs to get out. So there's a point where all of a sudden the word has to get out. And I think about this. When anything started, it started with a word. Think about Genesis, okay? Genesis says the earth is without form and void, and it talks about the Spirit of God hovering over the earth. You're with me so far? And then it says, then God spoke. Isn't that right? Check it out. Holy Spirit is hovering. He's just hanging out, wanting to do something powerful. He's hovering, but he's waiting on what? Mm -mm. The word. 
Yes, he's waiting on us too. Right now, he's waiting on us. Then he was waiting on the word. But as the father released the word, all of a sudden the spirit went to work and the spirit began to form things, light and land and, and, and things begin to come out of the word of God. The word is created. And Proverbs says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Our words are powerful. Okay? So what we have to begin to understand is that, first of all, there is power in what Jesus has given us. And it's so crazy because we want to change the world through this and that and the other thing. We think we have to be a king. We think we have to have power, political power, or we have to have forceful power in military, or we have to do this or that to change the world. Jesus made this crazy statement. He says, we're going to change the world by preaching a gospel. We're going to change the world by preaching a message, and the message is of Jesus Christ and what he's done. That's going to change the world. Wait, wait, don't I have to work? Don't I have to do something? Yeah, there's something to be done, but let's back up and say, hey, it's not about what you do to make the power happen. It's the word that makes the power happen. Okay? We get in behind that power. We'll get back to that in just a minute. It takes a word to start it, and everything started in Genesis when God spoke. I think of the story of Martin Luther King, just an amazing story about a man who was so absolutely fixated on God's favor, wanting desperately to be saved. It says out of all of the monks, he would be the one that would fast the longest. He was the one that would abstain the most. He was the one that would do whatever it was. If there was anybody that was going to obtain favor of God through works, it was going to be Martin Luther. And it says that Martin Luther was absolutely frustrated because he could not sense that he was saved. He had done all of these things. He had gone to Rome and he had thought that he would get to the, the very birthplace of the Catholic Church. And in that, he would find his salvation. And he was going up the certain stairs because of an indulgence that he had been given by the Pope at that time that he had bought and he thought that by buying this indulgence and crawling up these stairs on his knees, he might find salvation. And partway up, climbing up those in his knees, all of a sudden, there was this message that came to his heart. And it was that message right there. It says, the righteous will live by faith. It comes right out of Romans 1, 17. The righteous will live by faith. It's not about what you can do. It's about what you're going to trust your life in. The work that Jesus Christ has already done. He did it all already 2,000 years ago. And all of a sudden, an epiphany happened for Martin Luther. And that message changed the world. We call it the Reformation. We are here today in much of our learning because that man had an epiphany. He got the message, and then he shared that message with many people that shared that message with many people that shared that message with many people, and that has changed the Christian world as we know it. Martin Luther found his message for his generation. You and I need to find our message or the message for our generation so that we can proclaim it and we can see God's power now. Yeah. Now, every person or group of people 
that have had influence have found their message for their generation about their Christ. Think about it. I visited Hillsong. Everybody knows what Hillsong music is. You guys have heard the worship music at some time or something. Hillsong, incredible church around the world now, but at this point it was really just growing into hills that had been an offshoot of a, another church that was in Sydney, Australia. And in 2003, I went there to find out what was going on. At that point, most of the world only knew about Hillsong music. And as I got there, I was there to kind of experience what they were doing as a church and the music. And I found that underneath the music was a message. Every one of those albums that they were putting out were actually just songs that were coming out of the word that Brian Houston was preaching on Sunday mornings. There was a congregation that was getting a message as the man was getting the message, and those people were taking that message out to their world. They were putting it to song. They were putting it to service. They were putting it to whatever they could do in the streets, and they were changing Sydney, Australia, and it was exploding because of a message. I think of even now, the worship music that we sing today coming out of great houses of worship, you will find underneath them a great either preacher or group of people that have found a message. And that message is now changing the world. Elevation music, you got Stephen Furtick, you, you go to Bethel, you go to Jesus Culture, and, and you've got Banning Liebesher, and you've got Bill Johnson. You've got somebody that has got a message. And that message now is turning into songs and it's turning into service in their communities and it's turning into all kinds of things where all of a sudden the world begins to see the kingdom functioning in everyday life. Yeah. One thing that impressed me when I was in Hillsong, this was now 2003, that's a lot of years ago. They were building a business schooling thing where they were taking kids right out of high school creating an incubator, teaching them how to get incorporated, teaching them how to build their own business. I stayed with a guy that he was 23 years old and he already had three businesses. That's kingdom dynamics right there going into the world. They were learning how to bring the kingdom of God to earth right then and there. They were teaching them how to find their purpose at a very young age so they don't have to wander around for 20 years trying to figure out what they're going to do when they grow up like I'm still doing sometimes. How about you? God doesn't want us wandering around trying to figure out what we're going to do when we grow up. So this morning, I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to put it up on the screen. And the question is, what is the message? What is the good news? What is this amazing message? What is this gospel, guys? And what I want you to do is I want you actually to get and turn around with a couple people, three four, five, nothing more than five. And I actually want you to talk for just a moment. What is the good news? What is the gospel? What is this amazing message? And I'm going to give you some time to do that right now. I thought maybe we should have some music, but you know what? You guys are fine with that. You guys can do it without music. Now, let me say this. If you're pretty new to Christianity, I want your opinions actually first. You see, we are already coded. If you've been around Christianity a long time, you're coded what the gospel means. There's all kinds of encoded stuff there, okay? 
I actually prefer to hear those that are maybe newer in the faith, or you say, I don't know what the gospel means. That's the ones that I want to actually answer. So please give them preference. And then also, I'll give you one more thing. Please give introverts preference over extroverts, okay? The water runs deep, and there's usually something going on in there. <laughs> Thank you. You guys can have just a few minutes now, talk for a moment, and then we'll discuss. Okay, now find somebody that is an extrovert so that they don't mind talking to everybody else, all right? So, what's some of the things you came up with this morning? What is the message? What is the good news? What is the gospel? Salvation. Salvation, okay? Now, let me ask you. If I were to walk out there right now and I would say the gospel is salvation, what would somebody say out there? What's the word gospel mean? <laughs> Probably, right? So what do you mean gospel? Salvation? They might get salvation. I guess we could put it down to it's, it's life. It's giving somebody, when you're stuck in despair, destruction, death, it's all gloom and doom, and you're offering hope and life. Okay, good, good, good. Somebody else? Those that are, you've been a Christian maybe a few years maybe a couple years, maybe just recently, or maybe you haven't even asked. Maybe you're just still checking this out. What do you think the gospel is? Right there in the back. Living life abundantly. Good, good. Go ahead. You kind of said that like, Jesus loved you and he died for you, like giving people like, the good message, not like, your... Yeah. Yeah. You're going to hell. <laughs> like hellfire brimstone, right? <laughs> Jesus loves you. And he died for you. Would that be the good message? Anyone else? Go ahead, Chris. I think, and it's good news, is you no longer have to die and go to the world of God and get killed off by God because of the fact that you're so out of line with everything. Okay, so his holiness, judgment. And so what has happened is God has made a way for there to be peace between you and him. And to step into his way of doing things, and to have him carry you through, and to share in his abundance area, and to have life forever. Good. Now, that's, that's good news. That's good news. Would everyone say that that's good news? Anything else? Go ahead. Loving people. Loving people. That's good news, huh? In a world that is really out for what I can get, loving is giving instead of getting. Okay. Allie? Uh, freedom. Freedom. Yes. Freedom. Freedom from what? Salvation from what? Those two go together. It's like bondage of having to like the bondage of this world, the things we have to carry. The bondage of this world. So freedom from the bondage of this world. Go ahead, Brittany. I feel like the good news is whatever people need in that moment. It can be a physical need, emotional need, anything. And then that opens the door to... I need $100,000 right now. <laughs> if you've got some good news for me, I'm all ears. I'm sorry, Brittany. <laughs> she also said hope. Yes. That's the, my wife says immediately when she talks about good news, it's hope in a world that seems very hopeless. Those are all good, good answers. The truth is we've got to get this down so that we can give an account or we can give a response when they ask, what hope do you have? 
We need to have that response ready. We need to know what the good news in our life is. Yeah, the good news is the word of your testimony. Good news is the word of your testimony and what Jesus has done in your life, is it not? The good news is, and I'm just, this is adding to what you say. The good news is there's a Father in heaven. Holy is his name. There's a Father that loves humanity so much and does not want to be without each and every person he has ever created. He wants to be with them desperately, but he has a little problem. Can you say that? Can you say God's got a problem? He's got an issue. He's got a, a conundrum, and that is that he is holy. And holiness, anything that were to come into the presence of God that is holy would get burnt up. What's that? What did I say? Oh, anything unholy, anything that would be an aberration to his way of doing things, the kingdom way would be incinerated at the moment it came into his presence. So God's got a problem. Because how many of us have sin? Wait, wait, you're Christians. You mean you still have sin? I can't imagine that. We've got a problem. We have a problem, and God has a problem. And God sent a solution. Isn't that right? One person who lived his entire life to fully, completely, absolutely fulfill every requirement that God would ever, ever ask of a human. And Jesus fulfilled every bit of it every day of his life for the entirety of his life, which made him a perfect human. The only one that had the ability to give himself up for somebody else in exchange. Now that's a heck of a trade right there. And Jesus did it for you, for me, for all of humanity. Who did Jesus die for? Did he die for you or me or only the ones that ever accepted it? Or did Jesus die for everyone? I just am waiting for a moment. Jesus died for everyone because he loves everyone. Sometimes, I'll tell you what, we get so caught up in the way we want our world to be. We get so caught up in the way we want our little life to be that we cannot allow for God to move through us to touch people's lives that we don't like very much. The truth is we need to get so much of God in us that we begin to love like God. Isn't that right? You see, I'm going to have to jump around a little bit. I'm going to give you two things real quick. I'm seeing my time go, so I'm going to do two things real quick. The word that we get from the Greek is good news, and I don't even need to go into that right now. All I need to say is that there's a difference between the word preach and the word teach. An example of the word preach comes from Mark 16. And Jesus, we hear so many times, Matthew 28, right? Go into all the world, make disciples of the nations, right? We hear that taught over and over and over. You know what? The Gospels are balancing. They have different pieces that come from different Gospels to bring the whole together. Isn't that right? You've heard the whole illustration about the elephant. And the, never mind. We're not going to go there. But you have Mark 16 that has the balance of what Jesus also said after he was raised from the dead. He says, preach the Gospel, and these signs will follow them that... Believe. Preach the gospel. One on one side is teach or disciple the nations. The other on the other side is preach. And they are different words. The word preach is the word that is 
just like the word for gospel or good news. It's just the active part of it. It's the verb. It's when you and I proclaim that message is preaching. Teaching is when you take someone that has already received the proclamation of the gospel and you begin to bring them into the life of the kingdom through teaching everyday principles. Get it? Our problem is that many times we go out to the world and we want to teach a world about their sin. We want to tell the world all the things they're doing wrong. You had a great answer. Because of that, we're trying to bring the discipleship before we bring the preaching. The preaching of the gospel is that Jesus Christ has died for your sin. Boom! He did it all. You don't have to do anything. This is grace. That is the doorway. We were down in California, and we wanted to go to this barbecue place. We found about the Great Western Barbecue. It's incredible barbecue. Dave and I and a guy named Brandon, and we went in there. We go to the block, and there's a sign on the building. It's just a little sign, and we walk around the corner, and there's this door. And the door looks like it's just a regular house. It's like, should we try it? (laughs) So we open that door. And you open the door, and all of a sudden, there's another door inside the door, and it still doesn't say anything like barbecue house or anything like that. The door was just kind of a plain door. So we went through the second one, and all of a sudden, yes, we're in the right place. The gospel, the good news, is the door into the kingdom. Once people come into the door, then they have the power through Jesus Christ to come into the teaching. If you teach them about sin first, they're just saying, there's nothing I can do about that. So many times in my life, I'm telling you guys, I did the same sin over and over and over, and I just said, I give up. I might as well give into it because there's nothing I can do about it. I needed to hear the power of the good news that Jesus Christ gives us the power to get through the door. And inside the door, I now have the power to deal with the stuff that's going on in my life. We have to get the understanding. Preaching is for there. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. And it is free. It is grace. It is absolutely, he has done it all. There's nothing you can do to add to it. Absolutely nothing. And the minute we start adding stuff to that, we are taking away from what Jesus Christ has done. Then we can get to teaching. I believe that God wants to do something God wants to do something right here, and I believe he wants to do it right now. God wants to unleash the power of his Holy Spirit so that we can understand how to preach again. Preaching, we think, is what I'm doing right now up here. I'm telling you, preaching is literally just proclaiming that message we just said. It's literally just proclaiming that Jesus Christ came and he will take care of your sin. He will take care of your failures, your faults, all the things that feel lonely and empty in your life. Jesus Christ has come to do that. And he has the power to do it. Because so many times, I remember being empty and lost and feeling like there was no way out of who I was. And then I met Jesus. We got to get this figured out, guys, because I believe God wants to move again. 
and he will always move on his word. One thing that I very much like about Mark 16, it says, these signs will follow. I would love to see the signs, but I'll tell you what, I think the signs or the Holy Spirit is hovering, waiting for the word. It's waiting for the word, the word that would come out of our mouths. The Holy Spirit is breath. He's spirit. Jesus said in John 4, he was the wind. You can't see him, but you see the effects. When you speak, literally, you need wind to come through your windpipe, right? Or your vocal cords to speak. You need wind. We need the Holy Spirit. When Jesus sat with those disciples, I'm in Acts 1 right now, if you just want to grab it. You don't have to grab it, but just follow with me in your minds. Acts 1, Jesus says it says he had raised from the dead, he hung out with them 40 days, and then on about the 10th day, he says, go to Jerusalem, wait 10 days, and on the day of Pentecost, I got a gift coming for you. I don't want you to be preaching this message to anyone yet. He had been teaching those guys for 40 days about the kingdom, is what it says, about the kingdom. Now, I would love to have been in those classes. <laughs> but yet, with all of that perfect teaching, he said, wait until something happens. It says, on that day, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and empowered them to be witnesses to the entire earth. You know the progression. The power of God came. We need the word and the spirit. The message empowered by the spirit. Those two things coming together make us unstoppable, powerful, and changing, life transformational. And we've got to find this again so that we can bring change to the world we live in right now. I'm done. Right here. Right here, guys. I want you to pray with me, okay? I believe that God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit. I believe he wants to form the word in us. You have a testimony, but the start of that testimony needs to be that Jesus Christ has come and he has made a way for anybody that has been away from God to come back to the Father. The Father has some absolute crazy love for people, and I don't care what kind of a person that is. I don't care what they've done to themselves. I don't care what situation they're in. I don't care who they've even murdered. Jesus Christ has died and made a way for them to get back to the Father. And that is the gospel. That is the good news. I want you to pray a prayer with me. There's a point here where I'm going to ask you to repeat. First of all, Father, I just, I feel like I've, I've spoken what you wanted me to speak this morning. Now I'm asking you, to send your Holy Spirit to just empower us. I'm asking you that the Word, who is personally Jesus himself, would come in us. I love John 14, how Jesus, you says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But I'm going to send you another that's going to be in you and he's going to be just like me. So basically he's saying, the same power that was in me to do what I did is now coming inside of you so you can do what I did. God, I'm asking right now that you would flood us with your word, show us how to share this incredible message to a world that needs good news again. I'm asking God that you would pour out your spirit again upon us so that we would have the empowerment that we need to bring this message wherever our influence is. 
So this is the part where you're going to pray with me. Father God, here I am today. First of all, I say I believe all of what Jesus has done. And because of that belief, I give myself completely to you. Put it so deep in my core that no matter what pressure comes, when I get squeezed, Jesus is what comes out. God, put in me however you need to what needs to come out. Use every circumstance of my life to make a testimony for the glory of God. This is the word. Now, God, I ask for your empowerment. I ask that you would pour out your spirit on my life. Empower me to have the guts to speak when I feel your presence or I know your prompting. Help me to have discernment to shift gears in any conversation that I might have with people. Let me know your voice, Holy Spirit, that I can dance with you and let you take lead so that we can save many together. Amen. I believe in something as simple as that, God can unleash the power of this message upon this church, which is this people. The church is not a building. It's the people, right? On you. And I believe that there are going to be opportunities just this week for you to share the message of Jesus Christ. There's so much more teaching about coming into the kingdom and all of that, but the doorway is the thing we've got to focus on right now. Guys, I commission you in Jesus Christ to become preachers of the message of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 